0: Is
1: See, when you fail, you can lean upon God's character. When you've made mistakes, Is now i think what's really important to remember of course is that for many of us the biggest struggle that we have is we realize that we failed and you
0: can't forgive yourself
1: that you are still holding on to all these mistakes that you made even though god has forgiven you and if you're in christ god has forgiven
0: how easy it is to continually beat yourself up over sin you fail and punish yourself again and again Even after you confess that sin to God and receive His grace, you hold tight to a sense of shame. Today, Pastor Daniel tells you to let it go. God forgave you, so why won't you forgive yourself? There's joy and freedom to be had as you live in God's grace, so live in it. Let yourself fall deeper into your relationship with God and experience His tremendous goodness. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Daniel chapter 9 as he continues his message, How to Cope. Jesus is real.
1: Read the word and then let what you read drive you to pray. That's how God designed it. So you say, Lord, your word says this and Lord, will you do this in my life? Lord, your word says this. Will you do this in my loved one's lives? Will you... Fix a broken world. Are you letting your time in God's word drive you to prayer? I even pray right now as you're hearing this message. That as God is speaking to you, you would instantaneously be praying, saying, oh Lord, will you let that be part of my life? Oh Lord, will you do that work in someone else's life? Lord, will you reach the unreached people in our community through television? See, we want to turn what we're hearing, we want to turn it up to the Lord in prayer. And that's exactly what Daniel does. And you're going to see that Daniel's experience, the word leading to prayer is going to have some very, very powerful implications for us. So we let the word lead to prayer. Now, notice, he sets his face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications, which are specific prayer, specific requests, with fasting. So now Daniel's not eating so he can be set apart from the Lord. He's wearing sackcloth, which was a uncomfortable clothing and ashes where you put dirt on your head. All of this, the fasting sackcloth and ashes were evidence of mourning, grief, and repentance. That's what they were. They were outward signs of a posture of the heart that says, God, we need you. And so look at how he prays in verse four. It says this, and I prayed to the Lord, my God, and I made confession and said, oh, Lord, Create an awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and we rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, verse 7, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of faith. As it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off, in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers because we have sinned against you, to you the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants the prophets. Yes all Israel has transgressed your law and departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses the servant of God has been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words which he spoke against us and against our judges who judge us by bringing upon us a great disaster for under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind. And brought it upon us for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which He does, though we have not obeyed His voice, and now, O oh Lord, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. My friends, you want a way to cope with the friction of this world, my friends, you have to always remember that confession is good for the soul, confession. Is good for the soul As I like to say That confession is good for the soul It's not always the best for our reputations though See, we, confession, that word literally means to say the same thing as. And what Daniel does in his prayer, the word is a prayer, and it's a prayer of confession. He confesses the sins of the children of Israel. He confesses to the Lord what God already knows about the children of Israel. But he's willing to say, this is my part in it, God. And let's be honest, confession is hard to do, isn't it? I mean, when was the last time you really enjoyed sharing with somebody all the mistakes that you've made? Now, I know some of you who are Christians, you love like the testimony that's like a bragamony. Like I was this bad sinner and I tell you all the stories and I got to get some sick enjoyment out of going through all the horrible things I did. But in the moment when things are bad to be able to say, hey, I'm going to own my part of this. Is that easy? It's hard, but it's good for the soul. And see, Daniel explains to God what God already knows. He says, God, you were right to send us here because we did not honor you. We've sinned in verse five. We committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and we've rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither we've heeded your servants, the prophets. Verse 6, who spoke in your name for our kings and our princes and our fathers and all the people of the land, Lord, righteousness belongs to you. But to us, shame of face as it is this day. He's saying, God, we screwed up, God. And guess what? Had they screwed up? Absolutely. They'd made colossal mistakes. That's why they were in Babylon in the first place. See, one of the things that... Creates even more friction in the day and age in which we live is that for many of us we are terrible at owning our own mistakes. We're always looking for someone to blame. So is this person's fault? Right? It's the blame game. When did the blame game get invented? The Garden of Eden. That's right. First time. First mistake was made. Guess what? Everyone blames somebody else. And since the Garden of Eden, all of us struggle with the blame game. But Daniel says, "No, no, no. I'm going to confess." That the sins of my people have brought us here And God wasn't wrong to do that When was the last time That you owned your part Of the friction of your own life Now what's beautiful here Is Daniel's confessing to the Lord But you also find a number of scriptures About confessing to other people Like listen to Proverbs chapter 28 verse 30 I'm going to give you three scriptures on confession In a row but if you do a word search on the word confession, there's all sorts of amazing things in the Bible about this. This is what it says, Proverbs twenty-eight, thirteen: He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then James 5:16 confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the effective fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much now notice what it says it says first If you cover your sin, you will not prosper. Why? Because when you cover your sin, it means you plan on continuing in your sin. And when you continue in your sin, then you will not prosper. But if you confess your sin, then there's wisdom, right? It says that if we confess, that if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. We don't practice the truth. And if we confess to the Lord, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now, listen, people all the time say, well, I don't want to believe in Christianity because why do I want to say that I'm a sinner? because you are that's why it's like a sinner is somebody who has missed the mark now you might say well missing the mark isn't that big it's huge because God's a perfect God and God holds you and I accountable for our lives but see when we confess to God that we've sinned God's like I know and that's why I sent Jesus to die on a cross for your sins So if you're a follower of Jesus here today, you should never worry about confessing your sins. Why? Because God sent Jesus because he knows that you're a sinner and he loves you still. See, your sin, it separates you from God, but it doesn't cause God to stop loving you. Like if your kids do something wrong, my kids never do anything wrong. But if your kids did something wrong, you know what I mean? Like, you don't stop loving them when they do something wrong. You might want to brain them three or four times, but you don't stop loving them. You love them, but you want to kill them. You know? <laughs> okay, here's confession. Okay, So our little Annabelle got moved from a crib to like a half crib, you know, like with the little bar now. So you know what that means is she's mobile in the middle of the night. And I'm here to tell you, I love that little girl. But I might kill her. Because in the middle of the night, he's like, I'm awake, I'm awake. It's like, well, now everybody is. Go to bed. It's one in the morning. But we love them when they're awake in the middle of the night. So listen, the word leads to prayer. We need to pray for parents. Pray for parents. I mean, the kids are like, pray for parents. You got to pray for me. We got to pray for the kids too, you know. But you see what goes on. See, God knows that we sin, and that is exactly why Jesus came. And if you're a follower of Jesus, don't be scared to confess your sins. But don't also miss that I read to you, James five sixteen Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now listen, the reason we get scared to confess to one another is because how often do you confess your sins to somebody and then they judge you? It's horrible that we do that, but that's what goes on. We confess our sins to somebody, someone comes and they bear their heart with you, and you're like, I can't believe you do that. You have no poker face, like as if you didn't think that that person was a sinner. They believe in Jesus because they're a sinner. So when someone comes to you and confesses that they are struggling, or they've got something wrong, don't judge them. Don't throw them under the bus. Don't tell everybody what they told you. You pray for them. They know that they're sinners. God knows that they're sinners. And you know that they're sinners. And you're a sinner. And they just put themselves out there. They were just vulnerable with you. And see, when someone confesses their sins to you, you just pray for them. You don't go, oh, listen, did you know Pastor Daniel wants to kill his kids? I share this stuff with you. I know it's good for the soul. It's not great for the reputation because I'm hoping that you guys, when you guys are going to bed tonight, will you let Annabelle sleep through the night, Lord? If all of you pray, we got some hope in this place. But sometimes you find out someone's flawed and you're shocked. God's not shocked. God knows that we're flawed and that's why he sent Jesus on a rescue mission. If you're here today and you're like, look, I don't believe in Jesus. You need to. Why? Because you know that you're flawed. You know that you, everybody's flawed. There's only one perfect person who ever lived, and that is Jesus of Nazareth. And that is why he died on the cross, and that is why he conquered sin and death, because he was the only one who didn't deserve death for failing. And that's why, if you're not a follower of Jesus, that's why Jesus is so important. Because God knows that you failed, and he wants you to be real about who you are. He's not scared of it. What I always tell people, I'm like, God's not scared of your mistakes. When Jesus was on the cross, he became intimately acquainted with all of your mistakes. He received the punishment that you deserved in your place. That's the gospel. See, and confession is one of the ways that we turn to God. We're saying, well, I'm going this way. And then we say, Lord, guess what? I screwed this all up and I'm turning to you. And God's like, I know. I know you screwed up, but I love you still. And let me do a work in your life. And it's God's goodness that leads someone to repentance. That's why the judgment or the wrath of man will never produce the righteousness of God, as the Bible says. It's God's goodness. It's God's grace and his forgiveness. As somebody experiences a God who's been violated against by the way that we live and when that God, when we turn to him and that God's like, listen, I know that you failed, but I love you still. And I never stopped loving you. I've always loved you, but you've been on the run and I'm happy that you're home. That changes a person's heart. So confession is good for the soul. And Daniel has this long expression of confession. He says, look, God, you're right. We are wrong. You are gracious. You sent prophets and we didn't listen. Lord, to you belong, verse 9, mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Let's God, you are good and we are not. God, you are good and we are not. God, you have done the right thing by sending us there. You told us through Moses that this was going to happen. And if you don't believe me, check out our cause and effect series, that last series in the book of Deuteronomy. Because all these ways, God says, look, when this happens, this is what's going to happen. When this happens, but if you do this, you're going to be blessed. And it's all laid out for you. But Daniel's saying, God, we are going to agree with you that we have failed. And the reason we're here in Babylon is because we did. So first step in how to cope is you let the word lead to prayer. The second step is you remember that confession is good for the soul. You own your part, your part of whatever the friction is. And you're not ashamed of that because you're born again. You're a follower of Jesus. Now from there, look what happens. Verse 16. It says, O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your answer and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins, and for the iniquity of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh, my God, incline your ear and open your eyes and see our desolations and the city, which is called by your name for we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay. For your sake, my God, for your city and your people who are called by your name. The other side of the coin of human failings is that you and I need to learn how to lean on God's character. We lean upon God's Character. This has been this whole prayer, right? He's like, we failed, but you're righteous. You're merciful. You are good. God, you have a plan. God, thank you for being loving and forgiving and reconciling and all these things. And my friends, one of the ways the friction of life gets resolved is when you realize that you believe and serve a good God. A God who does not enjoy passing judgment, who does not love it, but he knows his justice because of his perfections needs to act this way. He wants to see people come home. Even right now, God wants to see you come home. And even though you failed, even though you made a million mistakes, his grace is greater. His mercy is greater still. Listen, your mistakes are not greater than his love. And when you lean upon God's character, you begin to realize God loves you more than you would ever be loved for what you've done. And when you lean upon God's character, it alleviates some of the tension. It alleviates some of the friction. Because you realize that although I have failed, God is good. Listen to Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. You want to hear God's character? Something that you can lean upon? The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Isn't that beautiful? See, when you fail, you can lean upon God's character. When you've made mistakes, you remember who God is. Now, I think what's really important to remember, of course, is that for many of us, the biggest struggle that we have is we realize that we failed and you can't forgive yourself that you are still holding on to all these mistakes that you made, even though God has forgiven you. And if you're in Christ, God has forgiven you. And I always think of my pastor, John Henry Cork, and I've told this story many, many times. When he challenged me, he said, Daniel, if God has forgotten your sin, who are you to remember it anymore? I think that's a word for a number of you today. That you are looking at your life and you're saying, man, man. You're still in that loop where this thing that you did, whenever you did it, and every time something goes, on, like, well, you know, I did that. God has forgiven you, and he separated that transgression as far as you, as the east is from the west. His mercy is new every morning for you, so if God has forgiven you, you need to forgive yourself. You need to let yourself off the hook. And don't miss the fact, in the same way, maybe you're one of those people who you're holding something against somebody else. You've been, some, maybe it's your spouse, or maybe it's your kids, or maybe it's your parents. Right? And they came to you and they said, I confess, I got all this wrong. And you're like, Yeah, I forgive you, but I don't forgive you. You keep them on the hook for those mistakes. You gotta stop that. Because God doesn't act that way. And God wants us to be like Him. The Spirit of God is here to make us like Him. Do you see how these things are powerful? See how these coping mechanisms, these biblical coping mechanisms, are powerful? If you're in the word, it gives you a whole new way to see the world and you look at the word, this whole new script lead to prayer saying, God, will you act in this way? Your word says you will do this. And then you come and you say, Lord, I have failed and I'm going to own my piece of what's going on here. As Daniel, he prayed for the whole nation, not just himself, the whole nation and then he's leaning on God's character. We've been seeing that all the way through, right? Righteousness belongs to you, but shame of face to us. He says, Lord, to you belong mercy and forgiveness, although We're rebels. Right? The two sides of the coin Our failings, which we confess And God's amazing nature Which we need to learn how to lean on Because what Daniel is saying here He's saying, oh Lord Do this not because of our righteousness But because of yours Lord, don't do this because we have anything going for us But do this because that's who you are So we want to lean on God's character Now, now look at how this closes here In verse 20 The fourth step, the fourth key Coping. Says while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly, swiftly reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. This is powerful because Daniel says that while he's speaking, while he's praying, while he's confessing, while he's praying, the man Gabriel, this is an angel, the angel Gabriel shows up. And notice what the angel says to him in verse 22. Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you the skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you. Dude, you want to know how to cope with the tension of this messy world? You have to remember that help is already on the way. Help is already on. On the way. See, Gabriel says, look, from the very moment you started to pray and to confess, I was dispatched. God wasn't waiting. He's like, no, help is already on the way. Why? Because even when we own our garbage, God's nature is that of grace and forgiveness. And what that means is that the help in times of trouble is already on the way that the deliverance is already in process that God's purposes and plans will never be thwarted by anything even before we're ready for it it's like what it says in Isaiah chapter 65 verse 24 it shall come to pass that before they call I will answer and while they are speaking I will hear, I love this before they call I will answer
0: God's grace is so powerful. It begins before you even finish a prayer. In fact, as Pastor Daniel reminded you today, God's plans are perpetually in motion. They won't be derailed, so grace is already here. It's already enough for the sin you need to confess. So don't wait. Take some time right now to pray and confess and repent. And then let the forgiveness and love of your heavenly Father wash over you. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel and
1: I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy and the hard reality is if it isn't messy for you now, it will be and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus no matter the circumstances You can find out more about
0: it and get your own copy at jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time, Pastor Daniel will be introducing another prophecy from this Old Testament book of Daniel. He'll reveal what the words mean what they say about God. While studying prophecy can be challenging, especially when it comes with words and images you're not familiar with, that doesn't mean you should skip it. Instead, dive in with us. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you as you study with us next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.